0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country
1: Squire
0: Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Boop. And I'm John David. J.D. Hey Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you. I'm here in sunshiny Texas, where the sun is in fact shining. How are things back at the
1: hometown, man? How are things going on in Mississippi? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad things are beautiful there for you because here, man, it's uh, it's it's post rain and kind of gloomy and uh, and foul. So yeah, thanks for thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> no, no, man, we had some big storms come through over the weekend, and it was uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, the the old neighborhood Bellhaven here, where you know got all these mm. uh, you know 78 Eighty ninety 90 year old trees. And uh, man, yeah, some of them just decided they didn't want to go any further. And so they uh, knocked some power cords down and uh, we were without power for, uh, for a couple days, but man, things are, things are getting back to, back to normal. You know, you, you seeing people kind of, uh, you know, pulling back out their uh, normal lifestyle and getting back to work today. So things are, uh, things are okay, but it, it went through a rocky, rocky period there for a couple of days. <laughs>
0: you, you know, it's so interesting, you know, the, uh, the old Bell Haven neighborhood, uh, you know, we're th- you know, you've, I've, you and I have talked about this before, but uh, you know, where where we used to live, where we used to live. Those are like hundred year old houses that are that are up in there, and so like all of the wiring and all the plumbing
1: is all terrifying.
0: A, yeah, well, you know, let's just say it has a history and, <laughs> and a nice so a nice patina, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now, talking to our neighbors, I think the house that we live in now, I think it was built in like the late seventies, and I heard somebody refer to that as old, and I was like, you think that's old?
1: You got nothing. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you have no concept of what that is. I know it's all <laughs> relative.
1: I've found rat carcasses that predate World War One in my house, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's almost true.
1: It's, I know, uh, right? It's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> man, hey, man. I, yeah, yeah, glad things are going well in Houston.
0: It's going great, man. Of course, uh, you know, you're, you're there. I'm
1: here. And yep. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I miss you, buddy. I, I miss you. I miss you too, Bo. It's good. You know, I'm glad we have our weekly date. But uh, yeah, I miss you.
0: Yeah, but you know, this is good and this is great and it's always good to catch up and everything. But, um, you know, I think, man, I, I think we need to get together, man. I think we need to be back in the same city. I think we need to we need to bring bring Veronica and Betty, which is an inside joke. I'm talking about the microphones from the <laughs> from what, <laughs> that we used to use, man. I think we need to get them back together. I yep. think you and me need to record the same place, at the same time. What if one there was a really
1: special location that we could do it at? Some place mm-hmm. that means a lot to us and to our uh, to our podcasts, and and maybe even more central to you know the United States where folks could come join us. I don't know. What do you have anything ooh, in
0: mind? Ooh, you know what? Let me let me think about that while I'm smoking here on my corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Wait, this is too early in the show for our sponsorship. It, oh, Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> John David. Yeah. We should we should record for Missouri Meerschaum. I, I think, and I could be wrong here. No, I'm not. It's their 150th anniversary this year, right?
1: Oh, hey, Bo, you know what? What are you doing on May 13th? That's a Monday, and it's about a month from now.
0: Well, so see, see, here's the problem with that, John David. Uh, May 13th, that's our 300th episode of Country Squire Radio. So I'm a little, you know, we, we got a show to do- uh, Oh, but what if we did our three hundredth episode <gasps> at Missouri Meers- Meerschaum on May thirteenth? Oh,
1: Bo- uh. <laughs> <laughs> man, we we are excited, dude! C- coming to Washington, Missouri, here uh, in just about a month. Uh, Country Squire Radio uh, in uh, at the Missouri Meersham Factory, celebrating their hundred fiftieth anniversary in our three hundredth episode. Uh man, Country Squire Radio live man, from Missouri Meersham.
0: I love it when a plan comes together. So if you're in the area. <laughs> or if you want to, if you've ever wanted to check out Missouri Meerschaum's headquarters, what a, what a great time to do it! We would love to do it. You know, John David, uh, I don't know about you, I've I've never gotten the opportunity to to tour their facility. And so this is, a, this is a special opportunity to uh, to really kind of see how the uh, how the corn is made, so to
1: speak, how no, the cops right. come together. That's right. Me too, man. It, it'll be the first. But uh, man, of course, you know, all our dear friends up there at Missouri Meersham, they've been such an integral part of making this show happen. And uh, we uh, believe in their stuff and have so many listeners that, uh, you know, have just great affection for them. And so we're, we're thrilled, man. We get to celebrate uh, these two, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our podcast, their venerated history uh, historic brand all in one big uh, hurrah and so we're uh we're, we're fired up man I, I can't wait to go up there and see Phil and Marilyn and all, all our dear friends up there and uh, man hope to see you too yeah man May
0: 13th don't miss out live Country Squire radio live from Missouri Mersham. it's gonna be a blast can't yep. wait to see a lot of y'all there yep yep all right man so we got a great show tonight but first we got a little uh you know housekeeping items we've got to cover here of course uh, you know we've mentioned it the last few episodes but we've got the pipe culture episode coming up very very quickly. Uh, this of course is a continuation of our series on places where we're taking a look specifically at the concept of a man cave versus the study. And there are opinions that are out there about this concept, about both are, of these concepts. Are our
1: like, listeners uh, opinionated? What? No,
0: right. That, that never happens. <laughs> no, man. We've already started getting these emails in a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm not saying them's fighting words or anything like that, but it, I'll, I'll just say that we've got a good, healthy discussion that's coming our way here in the very near future. And we would love for you to join it as well. So head on over to your email, write us your thoughts as it comes to the man cave, the study are they the same are they different do you just want to talk about one versus the other or just one it is up to you let us know your thoughts email us show at radio.com and we will be reading those off on our upcoming pipe culture episode continuing the places
1: series it's gonna be a blast I love talking about the pipe smoker safe space you know <laughs> it's good man <laughs> hey man we need those we need those from time to time <laughs> that's right that's exactly right <laughs> man right, uh, yeah. yeah also coming up in the near future uh, here in Chicago or at the Chicago Pipe Show which of course is at the beginning of May uh, I will be up there and uh, look forward to you know seeing some old friends meeting some new ones uh, kissing hands shaking babies all that uh, stuff that we do and, uh, and smoking a lot of pipes uh, there at the Mega Center um, at the Pheasant Run Resort. And so we look forward to that. But, uh, man, really exciting. We mentioned last week and want to mention this week again, our, our dear friends at Briar Nation uh, Pipe and Cigar Club online. You know, they it just ridiculous, awesome group of guys. They, they make us laugh and cry and cringe and everything else all the time. And we, we love everything that they do. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that community on, uh, on Facebook come up with this awesome idea. Jeremy and the guys there have partnered with Briarville Pipe Repair and Restoration uh, Company. What they're going to do at the Chicago show, this is on May 3rd at the pre-show, and then 4th and F- May 5th during the showtime, is they're actually doing uh, Operation Clean Smoke. It's a uh, Chicago Pipe Show fundraiser. I love this. They're supporting the Wounded Warrior Project, uh, mm-hmm. which is a uh, just an awesome nonprofit group that uh, helps veterans and their folks that have uh, put their lives their uh, their bodies, their mental health, their families, their finances, all on the line to serve our country and our way of life. And so um, this project is uh, is really great because it provides a lot of very important you know needs for these people that have sacrificed so much. And so um, it's a fundraiser for that. And we're really excited to, to announce that and help them promote that. So Operation Clean Smoke, uh, you're going to be able to go by their booth at the center lobby there at the Chicago Pipe Show. You'll have to, the opportunity to have your pipe cleaned. They'll actually clean your pipe there for you and then you can make an awesome donation or um maybe buy some raffle tickets do something to help them uh you know participate in their effort to, to raise money and awareness for the wounded warrior project so um really encourage you to do that um please go uh go check their stuff out and uh man i, I just am looking forward to seeing those guys uh when you're at chicago be sure to stop by say hey and uh and, and give those guys some support
0: man get to support a great cause while you're uh, having fun and uh, seeing some friends out in Chicago, uh, man, we've we've got some great friends that are members of, uh, of course, the uh, Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, and uh, you know, like like a good friend, I've completely dropped the ball. Uh, this this seems to be kind of a, a common theme from time to time, but uh, you know, I, moving is no excuse. But over the last you know month and a half here, uh, the, uh, there's been a lot of different life changes. But I am proud to say. That uh, in the coming weeks, in fact, I am making a commitment before the end of the month for those that have not yet gotten their digital club cards, or if they have been waiting for approval to get into the lounge, the uh, the exclusive Country Squire Radio Club Lounge on Facebook. Uh, don't worry, that's coming. I have now, I've now greased the bouncers. Everything's all good. You know they've got the you know they, they, we got we got your names on the list, so we're going to get you through the door. And uh, the uh, the digital cards are back in manufacture, <laughs> manufacture <laughs> mode. So. One way or the other, all of those are coming before the end of the month. And I will go ahead and say this, if you have not yet joined the club, if you want to make sure like, you know, there's, there's kind of this special window of time to join the club and it's right, right before, like I do a big push to get all of these cards created and get all these approvals in and everything else. This is a really good time (laughs) to join the club. (laughs) Yeah. It's always great to join the club, but especially right now, like this week, you might want to join this week. So anyway, I'm just putting that out there. You can learn more at patreon.com slash country square radio. to all of the people that are supporting us, especially our club members, and uh, especially for those new club members that are have been awaiting those, uh, you, got, you got your welcome message, but you want that welcome packet. Don't worry, it's coming. Cannot wait to get that to you. And again, I am truly very sorry. In fact, perhaps I should go and uh, confess to the nuns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do nuns take confessions? Because
0: they probably are today. <laughs> That, that's a that's a great question. I actually do not know the answer to that. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to confess to you right now. We've got an awesome, awesome topic that I am super excited to talk about. We're, we're doing almost kind of like a... Archi- Archival is the wrong word. An archaeological look at a very special tobacco blend that has been a... Uh, a, a historical inspiration for some of the greatest yeah. thinkers in uh, in literature. It has had a massive impact on the pipe world historically. Whether or not you like it, or if ever yeah, have you tried point, it, is right. a whole other thing. Yeah, it's beside the point. You have to recognize the fact that there's a lot of impact. Of what we're going to be talking about this week, and of course, I'm talking about three yeah, three nuns. nuns tobacco.
1: Of course, you know it's one of those um, you know 100 year plus uh, blends that's just been around so long, and everybody's uh, you know aware of it. Even if you haven't smoked it, you're like, oh that's uh, That's, it, it's just one of those things that carries weight, right? You're like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's right up there with, uh, you know, Escudo and, uh, you know, Mac baron Scottish mixture and, and some of these other tobaccos. You think about, uh, you know, Dunhill 965 and, uh, you know, just all these exquisite blends that, uh, you know, even if you haven't tried them, even if you don't like them, they're, uh, you know, everywhere to be seen and uh, on your uh, Holy Grail hit list, you know, for, for different tobaccos. And Three Nuns, we've talked about before, uh, you know, uh, here and there on, uh, Country Squire Radio and have, uh, you know, paired it up with stuff and uh, mentioned it here and there. But of course, uh, an outstanding tobacco and it, it has a, a history in its own right. And so we thought we'd kind of just lift the hood a little bit for a few minutes and talk about uh, talk about that. Um, man, just a just an interesting tobacco. You know, you look at the Three Nuns 10 and if you can env- envision, uh, you know, just a an incredibly simple design. It's got this, uh, you know, kind of black. Um, Nowadays, circular, used to come in a square uh, tin, but uh, nowadays, uh, you know, black circular tin with a red band all the way around the side, Uh, three nuns uh, there in the middle, and then... um, you know, of course, it says uh, Bell's, uh, Bell's Three Nuns. And so um, just a very simple, uh, you know, interesting concept. Uh, you know, tobacco, it doesn't have a lot of uh, flair as far as the packaging or anything like that goes. But once you crack the hood a little bit, you you understand that, you know, some tobaccos just don't really need to try as hard on that front. <laughs> and this is uh, this is one of those. So uh, dates to the 1890s, there was a, a tobacconist in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, J.F. JNF Bell tobacconist, and uh, they developed uh, the Three Nuns recipe in the 1890s. You know, we're talking about a very old tobacco here, a very old brand. It was a Virginia originally conceptualized as a Virginia Parique brand. It's it has this uh, quote unquote curious cut, right? It's a uh, what we call a curly cut or a, a medallion cut. It's a it's a slice tobacco, right? One of your little coin style slices. Just a Virginia Parique Majesty, kind of from the beginning. You know, it was uh, one of those in the early twentieth century. You know, as pipe smoking was incredibly popular and very prevalent, it attracted uh, you know the uh, affections of, you know, some of our greatest writers and politicians and statesmen and things of that nature. And so it was just uh, just a very high society tobacco. It's always because of that been kind of an expensive tobacco too. Even today, you know, these tobaccos, mm. uh, the Three Nuns brand, I think the retail value bow for these is like, you know, almost $20 for a two ounce tin. So yeah, it, it's kind of on the pricey side, right? But, but it always has been. And, it, you know, anytime you buy a luxury product or pay for a luxury product, you expect somewhat of a, a luxury product. Uh, Premium, there I guess you might call it. Yeah, so in, you know it's uh, just one of those that has always been respected, kind of from the beginning. So in the 1890s, uh, developed in Scotland, we're talking about a real honest tobacco. Of course, uh, Great Britain it has a you know a very long history of uh, what I call honest tobaccos. You know, uh, tobaccos that don't have a lot of flavorings, uh, toppings, anything that the tobaccos kind of speak for themselves. And of course, that's kind of what they majored in there. Again, Virginia Parique, at the height of the popularity of this particular blend, I mean, we were talking like the 1920s, probably through the 1960s, right? You've got some of the most pivotal decades in. Western history there certainly of the twentieth century, and so you know some of the great uh, again statesmen and politicians. The probably the most well known lover of this particular tobacco was uh, a, a man that you may have heard of called C. S. Lewis. Oh was some, yeah. yeah, no, he yeah, uh, he wrote yeah. a couple things. I, I don't know, maybe it was he, he manufactured? Wardrobes, uh, it was something, something to do like with that. wardrobes. I don't know, maybe he wrote some stuff on the side of milk cartons. Milk cartons, I can't remember, but one of those guys that you know, as he was processing his, how do I say it, as he was uh, you know kind of come up with coming up with his creative, uh, you know, impressions. I mean, he was just very uh, inspired by the everyday things around him. And one of those things was his uh, his pipe and, of course, his exquisite pipe tobacco. And so that uh, plays in, of course, uh, Tolkien was a user of Three Nuns as well. And, uh, and, you know, all throughout uh, all these guys uh, imagery, you see, uh, you know, where uh, things like this can be, uh, you know, well observed. And so uh, just a really good um, kind of overview of premium tobacco and, and those premium pipe smokers there from those days and how important this was to their inspiration and to what they what they brought to the world. So through their art, once Bell's three nuns got popular, kind of started they started exporting this stuff from the UK. And so it got the line, the lineage of this stuff. I'm kind of struggling with my words today, but uh, the lineage of this stuff, <laughs> it kind of got uh, murky. A little bit. As sometimes it does in the pipe world because there's just so many different splinters and buyouts and uh, bankruptcies and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes it does have that murkiness to it. And uh, and Three Nuns is no different in this. So uh, somewhere around 1910, the production of Three Nuns kind of splintered into into different groups. And so you had um, you had the Three Nuns that was developed there for the United Kingdom use uh, their you know sale uh, in their native country, and then they had the Three Nuns that was produced for overseas distribution. Now, why they did that, why they chose to split those things up, why they chose to send those in different directions like they did and compartmentalize the production of the stuff, I'm I'm not uh, really sure, to be honest with you, but in general what happened is in Glasgow, that's where they kind of centered the UK production there. And then in Liverpool, they moved the international production for uh, export to Liverpool in the United Kingdom. And so uh, that continued for a few decades and, and and then eventually, the, the the tobacco even went overseas, and so for overseas production, it moved to Orlick in the 1990s in Denmark, and and now is produced by MacBaron in 2013. But you know, anytime a tobacco product or a food product or any any kind of consumable product moves or something changes, people are always like, "Well, it just doesn't taste quite the same, right?" <laughs> it, it just does. Yeah, lining the yeah. So, man, it doesn't uh, doesn't taste quite this. Or something's changed. They're using a different recipe or something, and and some of that is the case with Three Nuns tobacco. Bo, have you ever tried Cadbury products like Cadbury chocolates? You know,
0: oh yeah, the Cadbury cream egg. Isn't this like the last year for Cadbury? I don't cream know. Eggs or something?
1: I, I hope not because they're exquisite. <laughs> no,
0: that was the. That was the uh, the the hearts the uh, the candy hearts. Oh, okay.
1: The last one.
0: Yeah, this was the last year that the uh, the company that makes the uh, the the ones with all the no, little messages I don't and everything. That. Really, yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> uh, look, I- I'll say this, man. They were long overdue to go out. You know, you'd you'd pick one up, there'd be like two letters on it because it didn't print <laughs>
1: directly on it. Well, I mean, they just recycled those things. They were all made in like 1911. We just use the same ones every year, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Trouble
0: been out of manufacturing right. for quite
1: some time they just finally <laughs> ran out of this the little chalk hearts yeah cadbury, uh, cadbury you know uh, you go to it, for those of us who have had the you know pleasure of traveling out of the uh, country you go to you know place like great britain or even europe and and you eat cadbury chocolate and it tastes different than what we can get here in america at you know kroger mm. or safeway or wherever you shop you know it's got it no it, it does it's, it's a different product and so um, you know, and my understanding actually is that the the American distribution and manufacturing rights of Cadbury is owned by Hershey, and they use more sugar in their products uh, mm-hmm. rather than milk. And so I'm not I'm not exactly sure how that works. Someone could probably educate us on that. But but the same idea you know is is at play here. And so man, for some reason, when I go smoke three nuns in you know in Liverpool, it just tastes different than when I smoke it in Kansas City or, or wherever I'm at. And that's true. Well, so
0: so let me let me see. If I'm following correctly, when they split it up, the UK was in Glasgow, and then it went from Liverpool to Orlick to MacBaron. Liverpool, obviously, not necessarily a company, yeah. but Liverpool, yeah, no, that's, right. uh, that's right, the location. Yeah. So today, obviously, what we get here in the United States is from MacBaron. But is it true that three nuns, if if you were to find it in the UK, it would still be from Glasgow? Um, it,
1: it, it's not made in Glasgow anymore, but it is made in Liverpool, and and my okay. understanding in also in Nottingham since the late. Uh, Uh, Two It's been made uh, in England and and is still produced there. Now, the export rights to this stuff is actually, uh, you know, it went from British American tobacco in Liverpool. And somewhere around 1990, they gave the rights to produce this stuff to Orlick, uh, which eventually became a Scandinavian tobacco group in Denmark. Now, you know, a lot of folks in the mid-90s, they were like, oh, it tastes a little different, but it's still great tobacco kind of thing. In 1999 or, or thereabouts, there was a big shift in how they were producing three nuns. And they, you know, this is a, again, we're talking about a very well-esteemed, acclaimed, uh, historic Virginia Parique blend. Uh, well, w- what's the one thing you can't do uh, to a Virginia Parique blend and expect people to uh, remain calm Ah, uh, you cannot take out the preek. <laughs> and uh, and, of course, they they decided to uh, to cut costs at the time and uh, and to play uh, the safe ball that they would. Uh, take out the parakeet. Now you've got to no. remember the time period, though, right? So late 1990s. This is before Mark Ryan had kind of come along to stabilize and then reinvigorate the parakeet market, right? I mean, parakeet. It's it, we're talking about a very um, you know a delicate, delicately produced, uh, super niche uh, you know plant and. Uh, you know, market for this stuff. And so the, you know, these companies, they were trying to figure out, well, what if we can't get it anymore? It, it not only is it expensive, but it's also uh, very, you know, potential, the potential of it is to be very unreliable. And we don't even know if this, you know, uh, tobacco plant and and processing, uh, you know, style is going to exist in 15 years. And so how are we going to, you know, protect our brands long run in order to, um, you know, mitigate that, that, you know, that factor. And so that's when they replaced, uh, somewhere in the late 1990s, they uh, we we guess 1999, they replaced the parique in three nuns with a with a dark fire Kentucky tobacco, and so uh, you know, it, it, did it taste similar? Yeah, but obviously it, it didn't have a lot of that uh, kind of sweet uh, mustiness that comes with the parique. Uh, leaf and and the strength was amped up a little bit with that dark fire kentucky and um and and it became huh. more of a smoky blend yeah and so that's the that is the um you know tobacco that we that we know today now uh, for quite a while three nuns was not available in the united states if if you got it in the us you had to buy it uh you know overseas and bring it back or or have it shipped from a, you know, out of the country retailer or something like that. In in 2013, MacBaron took over the manufacturing of Three Nuns and then eventually released it again in the United States. You know, a lot of folks were disappointed. They thought they would reintroduce the Perique into um, the Three Nuns formula because at that time the Perique uh, you know, market and uh, manufacturing processes had been kind of stabilized. But that was not the case. They maintained the the recipe. And the thing is, you know, if you like uh, Virginia's and Darkfire Kentucky, like the Three Nuns recipe, it's a great tobacco. It's really good. It's just not the original the, the original blunt. And so you have to keep that in mind.
0: So out of curiosity, I mean, like if you were to, I don't know, get a hold of a time traveling yeah. device or, or basically if you were to unearth an unopened tin of... Yeah. Three nuns. What year would it have to say on it to know that you were, you know, getting the the original stuff? The, the well, stuff yeah. I mean,
1: again, a, a, you know, a very complicated uh, answer to what would be a simple question. You know, anything before 1990, when it switched manufacturing over to, to Denmark, that would be your best bet. But even before 1990, the companies that were producing the three nuns, they would They would occasionally cheat, right? And so they would, instead of using, you know, the old recipe called for 22% per week. Well, you know, they would use like 15% per week and then they would take a certain amount of, uh, you know, other Virginia leaf and then spray it with Perique extract to to cut corners and things like that. And so, you know, uh, yeah. y- y- just to get it to that, you know, maybe technical 22% and so um, just to save money even as far back as, you know, the, the 60s and 70s. And so, you know, probably you'd want to get back into that 40s and 50s kind of era tobacco to, uh, to make sure you're getting the right thing. Now, even ha- having said that, golly, you know, the, uh, you know, Virginia tobaccos in particular, they... Age so incredibly well and very rapidly, and so you know, if you pulled out, uh, you know, Virginia Parke tobacco from that time period today, obviously, uh, you know, it's probably going to taste just kind of like dirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was right. Gonna be my right. Next question. And so you
1: know, but but <laughs> if you were looking for something with the original ingredients that were as close to, uh, you know, what what the greats of old smoked, uh, it would probably be from that era. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: Okay. All right. I mean, it would taste like dirt, but if it would inspire you to, to create, you know, magical worlds and, uh, you know, interdimensional wardrobes, then hey.
1: No, that's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Smoke your dirt. Um, man. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, in 2018, uh, kind of cool, you know, Mac Barron, they realized, man, there's a really, there's a legacy here with three nuns. It's uh, it's just, you know, venerated tobacco that, um, you know, people identify with. And so how do we take that? Uh, you know, understanding of quality and prestige and, uh, you know, capitalize on that sum. And so they they came out, you know, Three Nuns, the, the original format has a red band on it and it is kind of a black and red theme. What they did, they produced a Three Nuns green and a Three Nuns yellow. Uh, you know, anytime this happens, you're kind of skeptical, right? You're like, oh, well, you know, what are we rewarming over to... You know, kind of make a few Mm. extra sales. But what I think what Mac Barron did here was uh, produce something that was very high quality and uh, kind of falls, um, you know, in in my opinion anyway, within the uh, realm of, you know, what would be expected from the Three Nuns brand. And the Three Nuns Green, when they came out with that, it is a Virginia. Darkfire Kentucky Parique blend. And so they reintroduced Parique into the formula, but also kept the Darkfire Kentucky as well. And so you're kind of finding an edited, a, a modified version of maybe what the original was and what the new one is. It's not a complete throwback to the original with only Parique. It's still got that element of Darkfire Kentucky there. Burns really clean to fine ash. It's still got the curly cut uh, medallion look to it. They're, they're kind of loose medallions. They kind of uh, flake apart in your hand Real easily, you know, it helps with aging, but you know, it also because they uh, tear apart easily, makes them easy to load in your pipe and and, and things like that. And so, the green blend is uh, really good. It's gonna be a little stronger. The perique is very nuanced. It's not one of your super. Perique exclamation point blends i mean it 's not going to be a, a solani <laughs> uh, yellow label tin or something like that i mean it, it's definitely uh, you know kind of playing in the background more of a condimental tobacco but a great a great tobacco and then the yellow blend the three nuns yellow blend is actually a virginia uh, what you might call it a virginia puro you know it's got a uh, you know just a nice uh, clean um, uh, virginia mixture also curly cut it's got that uh, you know those loose flake medallions that um, that you come to, you know, come to love if you like those kind of tobaccos. And so, um, you know, it, it edges more, uh, it's kind of an in-between between like uh, maybe more on the um, the brighter side leaves than on the matured side. You know, you'll have more uh, kind of citrusy flavors, lemony flavors, those uh, buttery flavors that are more, um, you know, indicative of those uh, brighter uh, Virginias than a more rich, uh, you know, velvet um, you know, a uh, leathery uh, matured Virginia that, that is their vinegary. Uh, you, you get less of that, but, um, but a real, a real great tobacco and, um, and, and, you know, Virginia lovers have, have fallen in love with, with that too. So, um, so three nuns, you know, uh, yeah, over a century of history and um, gosh, so many, um, you know, incredible, uh, you know, folks over the years have smoked it and loved it. And uh, man, we highly, highly recommend that at least at some point in your tobacco, um, exploration that you give it a shot.
0: You know, it is interesting because, I mean, as you mentioned with the recipe constantly changing, uh, you know, is, is it even the same tobacco? Well, I mean, it's part of, it's part of a lineage that dates back to so many people, uh, you know, having enjoyed that particular brand. I mean, you know, you think about like, I don't know. Sports teams. Sports teams have like different players, like, you know, rotate out all the time. The person, you know, the the, the the team of who do you, the geckos, the, the, the dogs, <laughs> the, the
1: hot dogs. The, the fighting or, or geckos, the, right? The <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever it is. The the, the bulldogs that, that John David cheers on whenever they're playing whatever right. the game is they play. The, the team is totally different from the one that his dad cheered on, you know, years ago, but it's still kind of got this, this lineage that's connected to yep. it. That yep. sort of thing. So, from that standpoint, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, if I was, say, to have a 10. Dating back to, you know, the 40s. And even if it was dirt, I would want to know. I would want to <laughs> taste every single flake
1: of dirty <laughs> dirt. Of, of filthy, of of these- filthy, mature tobacco. I'd want to get the filthiest of flavors out of that tobacco. How would I do that, Bo? I want
0: to pull them all up, man. I want to pull all those flavors out. And of course, if I was doing that, I'd be smoking it on a wonderful quality pipe from that Missouri Mirror Shop. How is that, that a sponsorship? Is right. I know, right?
1: <laughs> you want to taste you, you want to find that that tobacco that probably shouldn't be smoked and and know and know fully why you shouldn't smoke it. Yeah. Well you want you want the or better yet, compare it to that, the good stuff and smoke exactly, that Exactly. That's Mearsham. right. <laughs> man, we're so thankful for our friends at Missouri Meersham, of course, for sponsoring this show. And today we are featuring the Washington corncob pipe. It is uh man, it, it is a normal, average size pipe, and it might be the simplest pipe that the folks at Missouri Meersham make. It's just a very mm-hmm. uh clean cut pipe. When you think of a corncob pipe, it is what comes to mind. It's got a uh, just a real uh, you know, nice, medium size, handsome bowl uh, very, um, You know, stately, not particularly flashy, just very simple. Uh, That uh, hardwood insert in the bottom and a really uh, you know attractive black uh, rubber stem. It's just really, um, really a nice pipe. It's got that medium-sized bowl, so you have plenty of time to smoke there. You know, in your lunch break or maybe after work or after you put the kids down to bed. But it's not a super you know large bowl, so you have problems toting it or uh, putting it in your in your pocket or maybe your briefcase or something like that. The perfect pipe, really, for your uh, your glove compartment or your tackle box or or anything like that. Uh, From Missouri Meersham, they say the Washington corncob pipe is a step above the ordinary corncob pipe and is part of our series of mid-sized filtered pipes. It's a medium-sized bowl and is available in three shapes, the 5th Avenue, Rob Roy, or Flat. The bowl is double-filled and spray varnished with a smooth, light-colored finish. It's kind of a nice, uh, you know, light honey-colored finish. Uh, Each bowl comes with a black, bent, or straight bit, uh, and, you know, just to kind of complete that complete that appearance. So they only retail for eight ninety nine. Just a really great price point, uh, which is what you expect from Missouri Mershon pipes. And uh, man, if you're if you're wanting to try some three nuns, or maybe uh, maybe you've tried three nuns but haven't tried the yellow or the green blends, and want to see what that's like, uh, the Washington Corncob pipe would be a great pipe to uh, to check those new blends out.
0: Absolutely. And hey, if you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture when you do. Tweet it out. We love to retweet those. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mershon know you appreciate them for sponsoring this. <laughs> (laughs) So how how do we, man? yeah, you know, we,
1: we, we've got this terrible tobacco that really shouldn't be smoked, but, uh, but I want to taste all the nuances of the terrible tobacco so that, (laughs) so that I, I can prove why I shouldn't be smoking it. Well, you you obviously want it out of the purest of, uh, you know, smoking, uh, delivery systems. And that of course would be a a quality pipe from Missouri Mearsham. So I think we came full circle and saved uh, what could have been a a, a disastrous plug? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's
0: hope so. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question this week coming in from club member Mike. Shout out to Mike for uh, uh, joining the International Country Square yeah, Radio great. Pipe Club. He says, uh, Hey guys, I'm hoping you could help me with this question. Uh, I seem to have trouble keeping taller bowls, such as the Missouri Mission General, lit when it gets close to the halfway point. Is there a certain packing technique or tobacco per se that is better for keeping tall bowls lit? On a side note, he also mentioned that he loves whenever we do tobacco reviews and
1: would love to see more of that. That's well. great. Mike, thanks so much for the question, man. And I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying our tobacco reviews that we uh, occasionally, um, you know, come out with. So, um, yeah, so, you know, every bowl has its quirks, right? <laughs> if you, uh, you know, are smoking tobacco out of a tall bowl or a, a wide, you know, short bowl, a small or large bowl, I mean, they, they all have kind of their uh, their quirks. One thing with tall bowls is they, um, y- you know, you're not getting as much oxygen necessarily into the bowl um, as you would be with a, with a wider Uh, particularly a shorter bowl that, uh, you know, allows more airflow to come in there. And so uh, for some reason, tall, particularly tall, narrow bowls do have the tendency uh, to kind of suffocate themselves. And I've found, uh, you know, that it's easier to smoke drier tobaccos out of those bowls, drier tobaccos that maybe have a more consistent cut to the leaf. Uh, And so, you know, if we're talking about, uh, you know, a thick cut uh, or, you know, melange English blend something that's got a lot of variety in the cuts of leaves where uh, you've got chunky Latakia flakes and medium chopped burlies and ribbon cut Virginia's and all this that that might not be the best tobacco to smoke out of a tall narrow uh, bowl you know that's why I think you see a lot of uh, folks as we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago reaching for uh, Virginia blends more homogeneous blends to smoke out of uh, those tall kind of narrow bowls they tend to tend to uh, allow that uh, you know to stay lit a little better, enjoy the flavors a little better. Um, so that might be might be one thing. Um, you know, you're, you're more syrupy aromatics. You're probably going to want a little more, uh, you know, space. So maybe the wider bowl would be appropriate for that. Kind of interesting, you know, you're asking this question right on the, uh, you know, kind of tail end of us having, you know, done a show on, on some bowl sizes. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think that's a good continuation of that discussion topic. Um, wh- one thing too, you know, I mentioned that the the bowls a lot of times will you know the tobacco in the bowl will kind of suffocate itself if it if it's not getting enough oxygen one thing you can do uh, and I find myself doing this uh, quite a bit on deeper bowls is I'll take my pipe tool, uh, whether it's a nail or a check tool or whatever. I'll take the the little scraper, either the, either the spoon uh, shovel implement or the little pick implement on my pipe tool. And I'll just kind of gently disturb that top layer of ash while I'm smoking my pipe. And so if I notice, you know, I'm kind of halfway through the bowl and, you know, I'm afraid maybe the pipe is going to go out or uh, suffocate itself. I'll kind of disturb that top layer of ash with it. And then gently, uh, you know, dump that ash out into an ashtray while I'm smoking the pipe. And so, you know, the if you've packed it correctly and if you've tamped your pipe correctly, the act of you dumping the tobacco, the ashes out into an ashtray, the good tobacco that's still left that has not been smoked if it's packed correctly you know is not going to fall out and so just kind of gently scrape at the top layer of those ashes tip your pipe over gently let those ashes fall out and then you know your your bowl will be able to breathe uh, a little easier so hopefully that you know that visual kind of makes sense to you and I didn't fumble through that uh, too terribly but, um, but anyway hopefully that'll help
0: <laughs> love it man of course uh, Mike we really appreciate you reaching out uh, and again thank you so much for being a club member and supporting the show and hey if you've got a quite pipe question of the week be sure to send it in to us show at countrysquireradio.com again that's show at Quick fire with the squire Quick by Chris Jones. all right man we got a question coming in from russell ramirez who says uh okay so these these are all some uh, really good ones there's a lot of food in here which is exactly what we need right here at, at Oh, New good. East yeah North. i know right of course before we dump into it uh quickfire questions are brought to us by country squire radio t-shirts what are available right. right now yeah, right now at,
1: at uh yeah and we'll right. talk more about it uh shortly <laughs> Yeah. All right. Tacos al pastor or fajitas? Oh man. Now the pastor. That is. uh, I want to say that's a pork taco. Is that right? Am I? Am I getting that right? Mm, I I think I'm. I think I have to go with. Fajitas, but uh, but dog on that. Th- those are those are tight. But I'm gonna I'm a have to go with fajitas.
0: Yeah, you know, like historically, I would normally say fajitas. I was like, you know, growing up, whenever we went to any kind of Mexican restaurant, I was yeah. always getting the fajitas. But man, I've been on like a taco kick lately, and Texas is definitely a good place to be in a taco
1: kick. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with the tacos. tacos sure. I'm gonna yep. go with the tacos. Yeah. All right, red chilies or green? Um, chilies? I, mm, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with green. I think. Yeah, I think I'll go with Green. They, they uh, you know, even if they are mean, which they're typically a little less mean than red chilies that they're because they're green they look friendlier and so i i you know I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, you know, cringe when I'm putting it in my mouth as much. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but see, here's the thing: like, you do get more heat with the red, but I feel like you also get more flavor, so it's like worth it. Like green, I never feel is very worth it because you don't get enough flavor to like. You get the heat, but you don't get the flavor, in my opinion. it's well, not easy being
1: green, Bo. So those red chilies probably wouldn't want you either, <laughs> or the gr- the green ones wouldn't want you either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'll be hanging out with my red chilies, flying spiders, or dog-sized uh, slugs.
1: Uh I, uh, um, neither, but if, I mean, if, if I'm going to be around one, I, I guess I'd rather it be the, uh, the dog sized slug.
0: <laughs> you know, I, 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 did some thinking about this before the show, as I was putting the, uh, you know, the show notes together. And this is, this is tough because I feel like flying spiders, okay. Dog sized slugs. Like you'd see them coming and I would imagine they move the exact same right. speed of A slug, right? yeah. slugs. So it's, and you just throw some salt on it. Yeah, you have
1: time. You have time in that case to go get an entire vat of salt and then watch the thing shrivel. Which I mean is, is kind of gratifying, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's gross, but I mean it's <laughs> it's easily easy to easy to handle. There's really no threat here. The spiders. It doesn't say anything about the spiders being of any different size. Like it'd be one thing if we're talking giant flying spiders, yeah. but we're just talking flying spiders. And to some extent, that's like a like a wasp or a hornet that sort of deal. Um, I'm gonna go with the dog-sized slugs because I hate wasps and hornets, and I don't want anything else to fly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just against spiders in general. Like, I yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that that that's no 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 contest to me. Yeah. All right, flying. So,
0: uh, cilantro, yes or no? Uh,
1: yes. Yes, of course. Uh, French press or pour over uh french press i like a pour over but i do a french press every day so i'll go with french press
0: okay i actually uh, i like a french press but i do a pour over every day so i'll, I'll go pour over i uh, put an egg
1: on it and that is it That's that it. is it it, de- it yeah he doesn't he doesn't ask put an egg on what i'm assuming like a hamburger maybe or really anything put an think, egg on it yeah um i'll go with yeah why not uh okay so i'll i'm, I'm an i'm an egg
0: fan i like eggs uh, you know, hard-boiled, scrambled, over easy, over medium—not over easy, but over medium—I'm all for it. Hey, there's, there's, there's a point with the put an egg on it movement that has gone too far, and I don't know where that point was. I just know that it has crossed that line. You know what I mean? I back in, uh, back in Bellhaven, back in the um uh, neighborhood that that uh, I used to reside in, actually down the street from, uh, very, very close to where you live, John David. There is a restaurant called The Manship. That's right. I mean, the Manship, fantastic restaurant, delicious food. I've always had a good experience there. Um, they serve a lot of different wood-fired pizzas, and most of them are delicious. But they have one pizza that's like this fungal, what do they call it? I, I it, It's got some weird name, but it's like a mushroom pizza.
1: You lost they, me at fungal. Well,
0: that <laughs> really should have been my clue. But but they, they, they put all these mushrooms on it, but then they put an egg on it. And I actually like the mushrooms and I like eggs, but there's something about like, this just, it's not even like we're going to cook an egg and put it on it. It's like, we're just going to throw an egg on it after we cook it. And it, it let the heat cook the egg. And it's just, it's wrong. It's just all kinds
1: of, I I don't, I don't, it'd be hard for me to get behind that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, um, sadly, no, (sighs) sadly, sadly, no egg, um, Give, give me an egg on the side. Put put an egg to the side. That's, that's what I want. So there you go. Well, thanks, Russell. These are great uh, quick fire questions. And hey, if you've got some for us, be sure to send it to us at show at CountrySquireRadio.com. And of course, while you're at CountrySquireRadio.com, see the links for the sponsors and the pictures of the t-shirts. You want one, right? That's right. You can get yourself some Country Squire Radio uh, Swagalicious (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts, Rockin' the Squire Scallywags. Show Your Love for Piracy and Pipe Tobacco with the Squire Scallywag, or give deep introspective thought with the, is this a pipe? This is not a pipe t-shirt that you could get, or this is not a podcast t-shirt that you can also get <laughs> uh, as we get all creative up in here. We love uh,
1: deep and brooding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Though no, the great thing is I love uh, people who have bought them and uh, who are out wearing them. You know, we love seeing you guys take the selfies with them. And, you know, I see, I see the, uh, the spread of like, here's all my tobaccos and my, and my country square radio t-shirts. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so get them, wear them, uh, rock them. We love it. <laughs> your thoughts, your, your comments, comments. Listener, listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback. Here we go. Corey Reader. I know Corey writes in. He says, "Hey guys, love the collection of memories episode. said I appreciate I appreciated the nostalgia and even the stories of the shop before John David bought it. It's hard to imagine it struggling with sales, isn't it? Keep the keep the nostalgic memories coming." Thanks. And that is from Corey reader. Um, yeah. yeah, man, the, uh, the collection of memories that, you know, I think we mentioned it in that episode when we kind of, um, when we, back when we recorded it, but you know, that was the, the concept of that series dates back to the earliest days of country squire radio. And it's one that we did, we did two episodes of it within that first year. And then we kind of put it to the side because I think we thought nobody would care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you know, we, we kind of reopened it, uh, kind of to almost test it out and see what uh, people thought of
1: it. And so, yeah. getting
0: that kind of feedback is actually really, really helpful. So, no thank ideas. you for that, Corey. Glad, glad you enjoyed it.
1: That's great. Uh, next one comes from Pastor Joda. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, read this one, John David. Okay, read I'm going to read this. I'm going to take my medicine here. We we say, mm. uh, Pastor Joda. He says, uh, I'm somewhat embarrassed. Uh, and and you'll, we're we're hearkening back to a comment from uh, Pastor Joda uh, from I, I believe it was last week, maybe the week before. Yeah, yeah. It was and, last uh, week. Was and last uh, week. Uh, we're we're where I was correcting Bo, but I shouldn't have because Bo actually was was correct. And sometimes that happens uh, yeah. in, in, in spite of his best efforts. So. Yeah, no,
0: read it. <laughs> read what the pastor said. Read what the pastor said. I'm Come somewhat on,
1: embarrassed at the amount of airtime my username is taking up. But alas, let me provide one final clarification. It is pronounced Joda uh, <laughs> because, well, my name is Joe. So maybe just call me Pastor Joe. Uh, I, I assure you, Pastor Joe, there's no chance that Bo York is going to just call you Pastor Joe from now on. Never again. No. Um, so maybe just call me Pastor Joe. I can't let this moment pass, however, without formally congratulating Bo on a proper name pronunciation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> may, may you revel in this victory for weeks to come. Uh, to John David's credit, I poorly explained the pronunciation in my prior email by saying sounds like Yoda and leaving out with a J. Uh, his, <laughs> his take on the J making the Y sound is quite nice, though, and certainly is comp- a compelling approach. But no, I'm not quite that cool <laughs> what and twelve. A, a great as, uh,
0: pastorly way to be like you were know, wrong, right? but but let me affirm you as, at I, affirm as I least affirm you. Like we're going to be you
1: in that in that country squire way of like yeah. you know patting you on your back, saying no puddin', you didn't get it right.
0: <laughs> oh man, just that stuff is great.
1: He says, uh, man. Uh, But no, I'm uh, not quite that cool and suave as to pronounce it that way. Uh, Thanks for addressing my follow-up question about cuts and bowl shapes. Have a great week. And that is from Pastor Joda. Yes, sir.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Jodo. We, we really appreciate that, brother, and uh, uh, love that <laughs> love that uh, uh, affirmation for John David in the correctiveness and also the uh, the praise of me getting it right. So I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, we've also loved getting any and all feedback from you guys. So if you haven't done so already, head over to iTunes, write us a review. It's a great way to support the show and it doesn't cost a dime to do it. But if you are willing to spend a few dimes to help make this show happen, head over to patreon.com slash radio, where you too can join the Country Squire Radio internet National Pipe Club, and again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a great week to do it because if you do it now, you get some uh, like more immediate type of access to the Squire <laughs> Lounge and your digital card. And that's what I thought. So, uh, beat me to the punch. Again, that is radio. we We'd love to have you as a member there. Also, you
1: can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me online. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And
0: of course, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well man, we got a chance to like dive deep a little bit and get some history on uh three nuns, man. That was uh that's a blast.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was good. Yeah, it kinda um has inspired me to, man, crack open some of these uh, you know, three nuns tins that I've been sitting on for a while. It's one of those tobaccos that does age pretty well. And so, uh, you know, occasionally you like to like to pop a can of those open you start thinking about them and you're like man I, I don't know i bet those flavors are doing something good now they're probably not to the dirt level yet and so uh, <laughs> you know I, I think this afternoon uh they might they might uh, just just be the right fit so this uh, might be the time
0: man that's yeah, good yeah. and you know it's great you know of course we we mentioned a lot about lewis but uh Tolkien, of course also uh, someone who enjoyed the uh, the three nuns and i probably should have mentioned this you know during kind of the the, the main portion of the show but of course. We've got a special deep dive coming on Tolkien in the very, very near future. So uh, those of you who uh, felt like there should have been a little bit more Tolkien representation if we're going to talk about Three Nuns, don't worry. There's going to be a lot of Tolkien talk coming very, very soon here uh, in the month of May as the new uh, documentary, not documentary, I guess it's like a biographical um, movie about Tolkien's life is coming. So we are love talking Tolkien and look forward to talking that with you in the near future, man. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's go have a day. All right, brother. See you. Been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Podesterry Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit you.